atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August the 19th in the year of our Lord 2019. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, as our guide, the blueprint for liberty, if you will. We also are convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Last couple of days we were off Friday and Saturday, went on a massive family reunion camping trip, just got back. It was phenomenal. So there's that. And uh, love camping, love outdoors, love family. Put it all together and just makes for a phenomenal opportunity. Uh, Thursday's recap, though, we talked to Brian Rust, Quinn and Gift. We talked about the Honest Money Report. We talked about Nixon slams shut the gold window, and he lied about it. Wow. We talked about this day in history, which was last Thursday. On August 15th, 1971, President Richard Nixon slammed shut the gold window and eliminated the last vestige of the gold standard in the United States. What a criminal activity against the supreme law of our land, that's for sure. Congress dutifully went along. With the abuse, but they're the ones that started at Congress in 1913, sold us south, and cranked up a banking cartel known as the Federal Reserve. Unconstitutional is all get out, but the president doubles down in 1971 by executive order, no less. What a criminal act for sure. By executive order, Nixon uncoupled gold from it to fix $35 price. So gold used to be $35 an ounce back in 1971. Did you know that? And they suspended the ability for foreign banks to directly exchange dollars for gold. Nixon ex- uh, expressed that the action would be temporary. He lied again. And Donald needs to use this opportunity to say, hey, Nixon said it was temporary. Uh, nobody had the guts to make it temporary, but I will. So, Donald, you have an opportunity of a lifetime, brother. Nevertheless, pegging gold at $35 an ounce was dishonest in the first place to dollars. But then you suspend the ability of foreign banks to get their money back. What a criminal activity against those foreign uh, entities as well. Uh, So the question becomes, is a currency war coming? And the answer is clearly a yes. Global stocks are incredibly volatile after China promises tariff retaliation. Wall Street Journal with that detail. Stocks set for strong open after China says it hopes to be halfway on trade issues. CNBC, that did happen. Uh, The stock market kind of rallied back a little bit after that. Here are the worst stock performers as the Dow drops 800 points, says Market Watch. Stocks plunged after the yield curve inverted. History said, don't worry yet. Stocks tumble as Treasury bond markets send trends towards a recession. That's a warning, folks. Recession Watch. What is an inverted yield curve and why does it matter? Washington Post. Banks are paying people to borrow money. That's alarming news for the global economy. Trump, quote, the Fed to blame for crazy inverted yield curve. That was all in one hour. We talked about that with Brian Rust, an incredible broadcast. You know, I appreciate Donald Trump's confidence in the economy, but he's being deceived. He doesn't understand how dishonest and how immoral and how unconstitutional the Federal Reserve really is. He blames the Fed that they're manipulating interest rates or whatever else, but he doesn't understand, you know what, the the destruction of constitutional currency 
gold and silver, honest money is the real problem. Donald has the answer in his hands, but he doesn't even know it. Nixon took us off the gold standard in 71 by executive order, said that it was temporary. What an opportunity for the president to come back and say, we're going on a gold and silver standard again. And it's not temporary. We're going to go back to the constitutional currency of our founders. We're going to do it today by executive order. Donald could do that because all he's doing is reversing a dishonest executive order from a former president. By the way, a shamed former president, I might add, right? So there you have it. We also talked about in the second hour, the Do No Harm Act is poised to strip religious freedom and force us to accept and support the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender agenda. What a shame that is. We talked about Representative Steve King of Iowa. He questioned if we would have any population in the world if it were not for rape and incest. And they twist his words big time. He was trying to stand up for pro-life and say when there is a rape and an incest, you know what? We shouldn't be promoting abortion, adding insult to injury. He doesn't believe in the exceptions for abortion. He said it's not the baby's fault. I'd like to think every one of the lives are as precious as our own life. As any other life, said King. But they twist his statements and they act like he's kind of backing uh, rape and incest is fine. Don't worry. That's how we all got here. It's not exactly what he's saying at all, but it is true. It is a fact. Look, Adam and Eve got to the earth. They had children. Their children had children. I don't know, but there you go. So I'm not here to debate the pros and cons of that. I am here to tell you they're twisting his words. He's standing up as pro-life as you can get without any exceptions, and they're slaughtering him like he's a racist and a bigot and a backer of rape and incest, and they're absolutely 100% dishonestly manipulating and lying about what he's really trying to get across. Uh, Could Steve King phrase things better oftentimes? Yes, he steps in it a little bit. But so does Joe Biden, and they give Steve King the beating as a racist and a bigot and a hater and a... Okay, but they always just defend Joe Biden and say, oh, my gosh, poor Grandpa Joe just has a slip of the tongue every so often. No harm, no foul idea. Well, the double standard is what I can't take. The dishonesty in the media is what I can't take. But let's not take advantage of Joe Biden because of his words. Let's also not take advantage of Steve King because of his words. Steve King was doubling down in defense of standing for pro-life unequivocally without hesitation and good for Mr. King. We talked about a change. Trump admin to favor... Self-sufficient immigrants, proficient in English. So this is an interesting thing. They're trying to treat them as, again, manipulating this truth. You got Donald Trump, um, aides and and professionals in the administration saying, look, we want to favor some of these immigrants that come that can speak English, that add to our economy, that bring talent and capabilities here. The poor guy's taking a beating for this, but this is what Donald has said forever. We're not against people coming to America, but let's make sure we're not having the criminals come. Let's not make let's make sure we're not having the the, the ne'er do wells that are going to just you know be a blight on the system. All right, Donald Trump wins vote on asylum deal in Guatemala, so there's a lot of good stuff going on. Frank Gaffney, Trump must declare I am a quote Hong Konger. This is again where we just manipulate Trump's intentions and words and the uh, people in Trump's administration. Now they're taking a beating, but they're literally saying we want. Immigrants that can speak English and that can add to our economy and and, and and they're making guidelines for the right people to come to America and they're still taking a beating over the border battle. China blocks U.S. Navy ships from visiting Hong Kong. Wow, that's a trip. Why is the Chinese doing that? Well, again, the trade wars are in the middle of it. Uh, China has been a communist nation for literally decades on end. We built up the greatest 
military second to ours in the world. That's China with our own dollars due to trade deficits. You know, China's becoming a formidable foe, and we've created it with our own lack of understanding and insight. Harvard Law professor, guy's name is uh, Lawrence Tribe. White supremacists oppose abortion to avoid, quote, non-white replacement. I would simply say to the professor, what about black people and Hispanics and others who believe in pro-life? Are they doing the same thing to promote white or prevent white replacement? It isn't about white replacement. When all of us say every culture, every society, every race under the heaven uh, is encouraged by God to multiply and replenish the earth, and we double down and support that God-given law. I don't know how that preserves whites. I guess it preserves whites and preserves blacks. And Well, maybe you could just say that it preserves the children of God. How do you like that? But they run around and try to make it racist. What a dishonest bunch of thugs. All right. I guess a top, top Mike Pence aide. Her name is Alyssa Farah, and she moves to defense, if you will. Donner, or daughter, I'm sorry, daughter of WND, that's World Net Daily uh, owner, Joseph Farah. I guess his daughter becomes a new Pentagon press secretary. So she used to be a Penn State, now she's the press secretary. Alyssa Farah, good job for her, wow. Homeowner shoots naked man. I guess the Lincoln man allegedly forced his way into their house, and so they had to shoot him to stop him because they told him to stop over and over, and he wouldn't listen. And that's a rob me not, rape me not, used correctly by good, honest people. And I'm sorry the thug got shot. Don't break into people's houses, and then, you know, your chances of getting shot will be reduced substantially, okay? Machines replace a third of the workforce at giant copper mine Bloomberg. And they act like the sky is falling economically. It's chicken little. But I say to you, whenever we have a change in jobs and a big layoff of jobs, you know, thinking the industrial revolution and now the digital revolution, you're going to have changes. There's plenty of jobs for people to do. For example, uh, you know what? Before radio came along, there was no jobs in radio, right? Now there is. I'm here to prove it. (laughs) See what I mean? So we need to be very careful when we say there's no jobs. What about automation equipment to maintain those robots and And you say, well, Sam, that doesn't employ near as many people. I agree, but there are other jobs in the supply chain. What about building those robots? Those robots never had anybody to build them either. Or that automation equipment had nobody to build it either. And what about technical support for when it's not working properly? And what about, I can go on and on and on. I guess Coke is now going to sell Dasani water in aluminum cans to reduce plastic usage. And I got a question. Is uh, aluminum recyclable? Recyclable is uh, plastic recyclable? Just wondering. That's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Thursday. And uh, no broadcast for Friday and Saturday because I was out of town on a camping trip. But we're live now. And without further ado, our buddy Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, on your radio. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. It's good to be with you. And our break's upon us, but I wanted to at least introduce you and get you on the radio. Gear up, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about the book and the movie, I Am Alana. Er, Wow. I am Moala. It's a movie, and the movie is He Named Me Moala. We'll talk about it in seconds. we got to stand up for education and stand up for what's right, as she did. There are heroes in America, ladies and gentlemen. You just got to search for them, right? Hold on. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. 
Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right. Uh, he named me Malala. Is that what it is, Lowell? That's right. That's a movie or a documentary about Malala. And uh, I haven't seen it yet, but um, I'll probably watch it this week. I just can't get enough of Malala. And I'm sorry that I didn't catch the story four years ago. 2015, I think, is when her book was published, first published, and also the movie uh, He Named Me Malala also came out in 2015, and how that passed me by, how I missed that, I do not know, but um, if you happen to miss them too, then please take the opportunity today to learn about Malala. I, I don't think you'll regret it. You know, Sam, I, I finished the audio book uh, just a couple of days ago, and that's why I, I wanted to mention it again today, because of the lessons we can learn from Malala, this uh, 15, 16-year-old girl who wrote this book, uh, she's now 22 years old, but she was 16 at the time she wrote the book, 15 at the time she was shot by the Taliban, um, age 10, 11, and 12 at the time the Taliban became so prevalent in her uh, valley of swaps in northern Pakistan, and, and uh, he, she and her family have been through um, hell, pretty much, uh, and yet they are still standing strong for for education. And so, I don't know, there's a lot of lessons we can learn from Malala, but I just picked three that I thought uh, I would I, I, I wanted to mention. And, fact, and they're vital lessons not only for her in such a desperate situation uh, in Pakistan or whatever else, and, and, and on the run from an evil um, army organization, if you will, but I think it applies even in peaceful times so that we never get to a state like hers in the first place. They're principles that if obeyed or understood and followed uh, will prevent us from ever losing our liberty to that point, really is why it's a takeaway for us. Well said, Sam. 
you know, we must stand up for education. And this is what Malala did, and, and this is what she continues to do today. Now, while there are some customs and traditions that are good, every culture has them, there are others that are bad. And, you know, in her culture, um, well, at, after the Taliban came into her valley and took over control, they began to establish these customs or these traditions or these beliefs, you know, that um, a girl older than 10 years old could not attend school. In fact, they couldn't leave the house without a male escort from, uh, you know, a male from their own family. And, you know, it's not, these, these are not good, these are not necessarily good traditions. Anything that, that violates the fundamental rights that human beings have, you know, to live, to, to, to exercise their liberty, to, to eat, to grow, to learn, and so forth. These are the traditions that really must be eliminated and be replaced with better customs and traditions. And so, you know, just listening to her speak about her uh, homeland and to uh, read the book about what she and so many other uh, children her age had to undergo at the hands of the Taliban and because of the various beliefs and traditions and cultural practices they had, just um, just turns your just uh, pulls tugs at your heartstrings, Sam. And and it, you know every every culture is this way. There's probably some traditions that we have here in in our own land, in our own country that uh, that are, are probably bad for us, and, and we have to change them. And we have to recognize the evil for what it is, and and replace that evil with 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 good things. So that's number one. Stand up for education. Number two, we got to fight. Of violence and ignorance with peace and dialogue and education. You know, obviously, I, I'm not putting out of the question the, you know, we must defend ourselves with violence from occasionally, from time to time, just as you mentioned uh, in recapping the show that, um, that, uh, that the rape, that would be rapist that uh, was shot because he invaded a home. Um, you know, we have to defend ourselves occasionally with violence. And so, I'm not putting that uh, away entirely, but for the most part, 95% of the time, Sam, we can more effectively overcome the evil and the violence and the ignorance with, with peace and dialogue and with education than we can with violence. Malala illustrated this point on a daily show with John Stewart, and, and uh, this is one of the clips that I've played several times over myself just because I have such great admiration for her. Uh, courage um, in, in speaking out, um, you know, basically she has no uh, ill will in her heart. She harbors no hate, no anger for the uh, two uh, young men who stopped the bus and shot her and her friends. But she instead wants them to give their daughters and their sons the opportunity for education because she recognized how valuable education is when it was taken away from her. Because, you know, keep in mind that she was attending school and thoroughly enjoying it, doing very well in the classroom. Uh, but then after the Taliban became oppressive in 2007 and 8 and, and, and told her that she could no longer attend school, then that is when she recognized the incredible value of education. And, and, you know, she says sometimes you don't recognize the value of something until you lose it. Um, wonderful example. Uh, 
of um, the importance of education. Now, I want to highlight something important here uh, really quick, Lowell, before you go on. First, we must stand up for education. That means the opportunity to learn. That doesn't mean government-funded education. We're not backing that at all. We're just simply saying, look, we shouldn't have people prevent others from learning and gaining education and knowledge and learning how to apply that knowledge effectively, etc. It's not a push for government education. It is a push for lifelong learning and education in the truest sense uh, intended by our founding fathers now when we talk about we must fight violence and ignorance with peace and dialogue and education what we're talking about is we need diplomatic discussions we're talking about we need to be peaceful and kind so we're standing up for education and against violence here and all of our enemies in the world politically speaking would say oh you guys are white supremacists you guys are haters you guys are well i don't even know what nationality this lady is but i know she's not um probably a white european right Okay, what I'm telling you is I'm standing up for her because I stand up for all of God's children. And I'm standing up for her because I believe in lifelong opportunities to learn for everyone. And I'm standing against violence for everyone. And we're standing up for these principles because that's what we believe. And so while they're telling you, uh, you know, that we're violent or that we're bad guys, we're basically learning about Malala and saying what a great example of nonviolence, of education, of peace, and, and, and that's what we support for all of God's children everywhere in the world, though. And I highlight that just because I want to set the record straight about who we are and what we're spending our time doing while they criticize us. Open your eyes, well, folks. That, the truth is in front of you. That's right, Sam. And even in her, in her country of Pakistan, where people are very poor uh, in, in terms of financial means, um, you know, she talks in her book about seeing... Um, the rubbish heap, uh, you know, that she turns her, you know, it, it smells so foul as they walk by the rubbish heap every day. She can't believe it when she sees the movement on, in the rubbish heap. And there's, a, there's, there's another girl in the rubbish heap, you know, digging through the trash looking for food. This is how poor they are. And yet even in the poorest of conditions, their schools are not funded publicly. The, you know, the, the children who attend school, their, their parents pay um, for the, uh, you know, they pay the teachers. Um, it's not publicly funded. And so even in the poorest of countries, um, the school, at least the ones there in Pakistan, or at least in the Swat Valley of Pakistan, um, the parents who have just so very, very little means uh, they they sacrifice a great deal um, so that you know whatever small means they have they can put that toward the education of their children. Some of Malala's best friends um, at the school, uh, you know, their parents pay a pittance. I mean, you were talking like several dollars is all in, in the equivalent value in American money, several dollars um, a month in order to attend school, but <clears throat> in whatever they have. That they can pay, that's what they pay. And but it is equivalent to the widow's might sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very clear. Absolutely. Malala's father was an educator, and, and that's one of the things he did was he opened a school, and, and he would accept anybody to attend his school. You know, almost even if they didn't have the money, they welcomed them to their school, and sometimes even fed the children who attended the school in his own home. And they were not rich. They were not wealthy. They were poor uh, family themselves, but uh, their home was always open to anybody who needed a bite to eat or, I mean, this is the type of feeling. And so 
Yeah, your point is well taken, Sam. We're not advocating government-funded school. Uh, we are. We're just indicating that the opportunity to receive education must be there. We must stand up for that type of opportunity. Um, it's not oftentimes that we disagree on what needs to happen. Ninety-nine uh, percent of the time, it's how and the who. Right? It's how and the who that's the subject of discussion. We support education for all of God's children, ladies and gentlemen. Malala, incredible book and movie. I am Malala is the book. The movie, quote, he named me Malala. Incredible understanding about one of God's children, her struggles, and in my opinion, her conquering of her difficulties. Back in seconds. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. I don't see a recession. I mean, the world is in a recession right now. President Trump speaking to reporters there yesterday with that seemingly contradictory remark about whether a recession's coming. His team was out and about on the Sunday shows yesterday trying to tamp down recession fears. White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow saying there's no recession in sight, although he was reminded that in 2007 he had said that too, just before a recession hit. I don't- I don't know that anybody saw that kind of crash. But look, this is not then. Uh, Our banks are well capitalized. Our financial system's in very good shape. Gun control rallies were held in dozens of U.S. cities over the weekend, drawing tens of thousands of supporters who were demanding lawmakers take steps to reduce gun violence in the wake of the deadly mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton. And this is USA Radio News. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. 406 046 That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action. Not a loan company. In New York, a small aircraft took a nosedive into a home. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes has more on the story. A small plane crashed into a home in New York's Dutchess County about an hour north of New York City on Saturday afternoon. A state police spokesman says one of the three people aboard the twin-engine Cessna was killed. As for the people in the house... One has severe injuries and one was not injured at all. There have been reports another person who was in the house is unaccounted for. A preliminary investigation finding the Cessna 303 experienced engine trouble before it crashed into the home in the town of Unionville. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Tips from the public have led to the arrests of three men who had the profiles of a would-be shooter, one from Connecticut, one in Ohio, and also one in Florida. James Patrick Reardon was arrested when his ex-girlfriend turned over text messages to the police. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
We're talking about the book and the movie, ladies and gentlemen, about a girl named Malala. I am Malala is the name of the book. The movie, he named me Malala. And uh, we're learning three key points Lowell Nelson drawing from reading the book and watching the movie. First, we must stand up for education, no doubt, but not government education, but just a lifelong opportunity to learn. Second, we must fight violence and ignorance with peace and dialogue and education. Amen to that. And the third topic, Lowell? We must end the U.S. foreign policy of intervention. Uh, we must really, in other words, we must adopt a policy of non-interventionism. Uh, uh, Malala talks in her book about the souring on U.S. government that occurred among her people in Pakistan when we began bombing, drone bombing uh, Taliban leaders there in Pakistan. You know, it's right next to Afghanistan, and we were uh, over there bombing uh, Afghanistan, fighting the Taliban there. And, of course, they would uh, seek a, a refuge in neighboring country of Pakistan, and so we began bombing Pakistan. And it, while it is probably true that we took out a few Taliban leaders that way, it's uh, more often the case, or probably more true, that we killed more innocent civilians than we killed Taliban leaders. Well, and let's be clear, there's a better way if you want to take out some Taliban leaders, too, if you want to strategically take some people out to stop criminal activity and abuse around the world. There's a better way to do it than the mass war mentality that we seem to engage in on a regular basis, funding and training and arming um, the, quote, lesser of two evils, eventually becoming the greatest evil to fight one day again. History repeats itself. Uh, the Constitution provides better ways and guidance of how to get that done anyway. Absolutely Right. Not only uh, did she describe in her book how many innocent civilians were killed, which soured the Pakistani people on the United States administration, but also she indicated that, um, uh, let's see, I lost my train of thought there, uh, gun. Um, so the, the bombing campaigns uh, from the U.S., it soured them, oh, it, it it also resulted in the destruction of so much infrastructure there in the country that the the innocents who were left over they 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 began suffering from death and disease because of the the lack of infrastructure. You know, sewer. I mean, we the lack of medicine, the lack of clean water, the lack of mm -hmm. proper sewage. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a anyway. There's a word. Uh, sewage treatment plants. San, yeah, sanitation treatment plants. Mm -hmm. uh, all that infrastructure is destroyed, and then hey. Nobody has a chance then. Yeah, and and so the the the, the, por the foreign policy of interventionism that we have employed for at least fifty, sixty, seventy years now uh, is is dangerous. It's immoral, and uh, in my view, it is short sighted. Uh, Not to mention and, unconstitutional. Oh, <laughs> yes, unconstitutional. Absolutely right. So those are the three lessons, Sam. I, I really believe that if, if we could just use, you know, just take uh, these three lessons, take them to heart, and, you know, in this country, uh, we, we need, really need a chorus of, of voices speaking out against our foreign policy of interventionism because we're hurting ourselves, we're hurting other people. Our brothers and sisters in Venezuela, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, Afghanistan. All yeah, over 130-plus nations militarily, to make your point. Yes. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we must end the U.S. foreign policy of interventionism. We must adopt a policy of non 
interventionism, and that's what the Founding Fathers had uh, in the beginning, and we need to restore that understanding and commitment, Lowell. Absolutely, Sam. So, <clears throat> folks, please get acquainted with Malala today. If you are not, you've never heard of her, then just go on the Internet, search for Malala, and then listen to uh, watch or listen to a number of clips about her from her uh, interviews that she's had. Uh, she did a lot of interviews back in 2015 and 16 when her book came out and where, when the show about her uh, came out. And all of these interviews uh, are preserved on the Internet. And uh, so uh, you're, you're not going to regret it, folks. Uh, get acquainted with Malala. And um, and just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, we consider her a daughter of God, and we consider her a liberty-loving example, ladies and gentlemen, that we must take a page out of the playbook of history and experience and make sure that we make the changes in our lives to make sure that we never repeat the negative elements of history, but that we do stand up for uh, the wise warnings she provides and the solutions that she brings to the table. All right, there's an excellent article written by Congressman Thomas Massey, also by Professor John Locke, together... Red flag laws are the wrong solution to mass shootings, lull. These are a couple of my heroes, Sam. Uh, mass, uh, these, uh, these red flag laws, they, they have not reduced crime, and the potential for misuse is, is truly great. Um, this, this article, we're just going to hit some of the highlights, but uh, let me uh, quote uh, to begin with. With President Trump's endorsement, Senate Republicans are moving forward with one law that they hope will help a so-called red flag law advancing on the federal level what are known as extreme risk protection orders, or ERPOs. Uh, Ohio's governor also came out and endorsed this law for his state after one of these recent attacks. And let me interrupt myself here, interrupt this quote, just to mention that the red flag, any, any red flag law, any type of law passed by the uh, Congress, our national legislature, is unconstitutional. Let me just state that up front. They were not, meaning the federal, the general government was not given any authority for domestic issues in the states. Now, they do have it for the District of Columbia, a 10-mile square piece of, of property there you know, back east on the eastern seaboard. And uh, also, they have exclusive jurisdiction and the uh, ports and forts and magazines and other, you know, places that dotted around the country, which have been ceded to the general government. And by the way, those places are all in a list constitutionally. They made a list and said, here's the list. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. Very narrow, very defined. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. And these uh, red flag laws that affect your ability, uh, which actually infringe on your right to due process uh, in your state, uh, this is an encroachment of of, um, of the of the general government <clears throat> on the authority held by exclusively held by your state, and so just on its face, you know, any red flag law that's being considered in Congress is on its face is unconstitutional, and it should be voted down by our members of Congress. It should be vetoed by uh, our president. It should not. It should simply be ignored. So. What we need to do as citizens now is educate ourselves and our neighbors and our local uh, uh, state and county uh, officials and city officials, help them understand that such a law coming out of the national legislature would be absolutely 
unconstitutional and null and void from its inception and should be ignored, you know, by our states. Now, that's one thing. <clears throat> we have too many states today um, accepting and embracing this idea of, of red flag laws. And so there are 17 states now that have adopted these laws. Um, and so I looked them up, Sam. I, I, I looked up uh, and I found a, a news article on CBS News. I don't believe them mostly, but sometimes they get these kinds of facts right. There are, according to CBS News, 17 states that have adopted uh, some form of a red flag law. California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington, and the District of Columbia. <clears throat> now, fortunately, Sam, you and I live in Utah, and so far so good, it's not one of the 17 states, nor is Idaho, nor is Wyoming. I mean, some of our neighboring states, they also have had the good sense not to adopt these laws. And I hope my our listeners, Sam, your listeners, I hope they live in a state that has not adopted these kinds of laws. If they have, then please work for this repeal. And if it has not, then please oppose efforts to pass these kind of laws. Um, during the first nine months after Florida passed its red flag law last year, I'm, I'm returning to the article by Thomas Massey and John Lott. Uh, John Lott, by the way, is the fellow who wrote the book, uh, uh, More Guns, Less Crime, and also the book, um, uh, what is it? Uh, he wrote another book after that one, but he's an expert. Having studied all of the data, assembled and aggregated the data, uh, and so he speaks with authority when he talks about whether red flag laws are effective or not. So they're saying here, during the first nine months after Florida passed its red flag laws last year, judges granted more than 1,000 confiscation orders. In the three months after Maryland's law went into effect October 1, more than 300 people had their guns confiscated in, and in one case, in Arundel County, I think we mentioned this last week, a 61-year-old man died at the hands of police who stormed his home at 5 in the morning to take away his gun. So, <clears throat> these are breaking apart your right to own weapons, and they're resulting in deaths of people who shouldn't have died, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, not only do red flag laws violate your right to due process, folks, which is serious enough, but they also do not prevent somebody from killing themselves or others. All right? Bottom line is, folks, it's disaster. Quick pause in seconds. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. 
Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205 All right, uh, we're talking about red flag laws. We're talking about the incredible article. Um, written by two incredible people, Professor John Locke and, of course, Congressman or U.S. Congressman Thomas Massey. And we're highlighting this reality that, you know what, not only do they violate your right to due process, but these laws do not prevent somebody from killing themselves or others, folks. You got to also understand these laws explain why such laws have a chilling effect on one's effort to reach out to others for help. This point cannot be overlooked, Lowell. Great point, Sam. Um, initially, these confiscations often require just a reasonable suspicion, which is a little more than a guess or a hunch, right? I mean, a family member can just uh, call up the police and say, I think my uncle or I think my son or I think uh, so-and-so is danger to himself or his, or his family or to other people, you know, and, and just based on that alone, there's no due process at all. They can, um, you know, come and, and, and under authority of a red flag law, take your weapons. And uh, so that's the violation of due process. A lot of people try to exercise these red flag laws because they want to keep someone from hurting themselves, right? They've just undergone a, a major setback. They've lost their job or, or something like that. And so people call the cops on them and say, now, he just lost his job. I, I don't trust him. He may be unstable. Uh, we need to take his gun so he doesn't kill himself. And uh, and so, but but that's not going to hurt. And it's not going to stop somebody who really wants to hurt somebody else. It's not going to stop somebody from trying to kill himself. I mean, the mentally ill individuals can also use other weapons, such as cars, or they can uh, take cyanide or other poisons. I mean, these are a variety of ways, I suppose, that a person could... Uh, hurt himself. Well, and the proof of the pudding, proving the pudding is other countries that don't have guns uh, have plenty other ways. And before we ever had guns in society for thousands of years, people took their lives and other people's lives. If you don't believe me, just talk to Cain. Yeah, he, because he took Abel's life. And this is long before guns came along and long before red flag laws or any other type of laws came along. Well, I suppose God's law, thou shalt not kill, that was there. And why didn't that stop him, Sam? I should have stopped uh, Cain from killing Abel, right? Just because there's a law there, um, it, it just makes it uh, hard for, for people to do. But people disobey laws. They've been doing it down through the centuries. They will continue to disobey laws. And so it's not going to help the good guys to have ourselves disarmed. 
it's only going to help the bad guys if, if you and I, you know, give up our arms uh, in the face of these red flag laws. So we must stand firm against it, Sam. And like the chilling effect that you mentioned, Sam, these laws damage trust between people. Um, you know, in the absence of a red flag law, a person contemplating homicide or suicide might talk to somebody and be dissuaded from that course of action. But now that person may fear that the authorities will be tipped off, and as a result, some of these individuals may not seek the help and instead may go on to kill themselves or others. So I mean, think about the police uh, or anybody else in the industries that, that tend to work with with uh, you know, the, the disobedience and the lawbreakers and so forth. They often feel depressed in their jobs. Uh, some of my own family members work with troubled youth, for example, uh, helping them get back on the right track. Well, that's all they work with is families of these troubled youth that, uh, you know, crack babies. And, you know, it's just really sad. But, uh, you know, if, if they were, uh, if they get depressed, if a policeman gets depressed and wants to talk about it with somebody, they may not choose to do that anymore because they might lose their job. They might lose their guns. And so I don't know. There's and just because of the things. day in and day out, that doesn't mean that they're going to go ballistic or do something um, crazy. It just means that, you know what? Life takes a toll, and sometimes people need uh, a little bit of a sabbatical or a vacation. Sometimes people need a little refresher uh, in going to church and focusing on God, family, and country. Sometimes people need to be reminded that even though there's a lot of trouble in the world, there's a lot of good as well. Uh, and, and, and I think oftentimes that's the case with people. The question is, how do you define when somebody's over the edge versus when they're not? And certainly a red flag law that just simply says, hey, if you don't like somebody, rat on them. Hey, that's of the communist nations, of the communist ilk, folks. It's not of America. And it's very clear to understand that, look, what if you and I have a political debate and I bring something up and you don't like what I bring up and I press my points and you realize that I'm right and now you're kind of angry and ticked off and frustrated because, well, your views aren't holding water, whatever the case may be. And then you just decide out of retaliation, you're going to go ahead and say, hey, Sam ought to not have his guns, man. That guy's kind of on the edge. Um, the problem is it turns us into a, a snitch mentality. It uses the state, the communist tyrannical agenda against people and on mere allegations do your due process rights get violated this is something that we cannot tolerate in a free society ladies and gentlemen thomas massey um and john locke on these red flag laws are spot on donald we pray you don't fall for them don't be stupid enough to fall for them folks most of the massacres that have taken place recently are not related to these laws in the first place uh, because laws were broken all we need to do is uphold the current laws already on the books, folks, because these people don't obey laws. That's the problem, okay? And, and so all you're doing is taking away guns from the good guys that could stop the crimes, okay? That's a critical understanding uh, that we need to really double down on. Uh, anything else on this one, Lull? No, Sam. Uh, well, well said, well done. Um, we just need to stand firm against them. If you live in a state that doesn't have red flag laws, then please do what you can to keep it that way and uh, help your legislators understand that if, if there's any law passed by Congress uh, that's uh, domestic in nature, it really must be ignored and thereby nullified, Sam. Yes. All I'm telling you is it's something that's critical that we need to understand. We need to understand what is the cause of this violence and crime. And we're not talking all about uh, overprescribed medications. We didn't talk about the... Um, you know, drug addictions that took place in the opioid world until it was much too late. Now we're admitting it. Let's not do the same thing with psychotropic drugs. 
Okay, nine times out of ten, you find one of these people that come from a broken homes. They're on psychotropic drugs. We need to talk about not prescribing so many drugs in the first place that, by the way, in their own documentation, have side effects that match what we're seeing. Okay. secondly, when we have broken homes, no doubt these youngsters, these uh, off the hinges people, um, they develop these mental problems because they have no love, no stability, no safety, no guidelines, no support groups. Let's work on those things, ladies and gentlemen, please. All right. Utah taxpayers are getting fleeced. Lol. (laughs) Once again, um, on the radio last week, I heard that the Utah legislature had allocated a bunch of money and one-time funding to host the 2019 United Nations Civil Society Conference, which is just two weeks. That's coming up uh, a week uh, from now, Sam, uh, right here in the Salt Lake City. Um, the United Nations uh, is holding, their, for the very first time here in a state, you know, outside of their, their spot there in New York, uh, United Nations building in New York, this is the first time that it's uh, coming to a state, and they chose Salt Lake City, and and the Utah legislature um, allocated six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to host this conference. Well, I had heard that on the radio, and so I did a little research, and I found this to be true. It's on page two five of the budget of the state of Utah, which is a PDF. Uh, this is a budget covering twenty nineteen and twenty twenty which uh, came uh, was, was published by the Office of the Legislative Fiscal Analyst. And uh, so, of course, my initially, I, I read the re- part of the report there to, to, to see if I could find this $650,000, and, of course, I found it. But reading just a few pages of that report, I was amazed to see all of the money that is being given to other local projects and organizations. I couldn't believe it, Sam, that, that this is what happens right here in our own state. You know, we often criticize the federal government for their pork, you know, fest. And to hear what's happening right here, for example, American Freedom Festival, the one down in Provo, that, that so many people attend, $100,000 in, in fiscal year 2019 to provide operational support for the festival. That's one example. Another is the Bear River Massacre Permanent Interpretive Center, $750,000 one-time funding in fiscal year 2019 to help construct the center. How about this one? The Tuacon Center for the Arts. $350,000 they're giving them to remodel to add capacity to, to, to their situation there. How about this one? Utah Valley Tip-Off Classic. $25,000 for a high school basketball tournament in Utah County. I mean, Sam, you and I would pay money to, uh, to, to go to these basketball tournaments. And the the, the, the money that is, uh, is you know brought in through the uh, the sale of tickets to these games, that should be enough to fund a classic like this. I, I don't understand why. Uh, how about the Larry H. Miller Utah Summer Games? $50,000 to provide sponsorship and financial support for various Utah Summer Games venues. How about uh, the the, uh, the uh, establishment of the uh, In- Inland Port Authority? That was a big one. Uh, they $400,000 for that. Um, no, 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 one million, sorry, one million dollars, one-time funding to establish an inland port authority here in Salt Lake Valley, Salt Lake City. How about the Mapleton Historical Park Project, $150,000? I could go on and on. I'm talking, Sam, I'm not going to go on and on, but I, I could because I'm looking at, there's probably five or six dozen bullet points 
$250,000 to Ballet West, $350,000 to Utah Symphony and Utah Opera. I mean, this, it, these bullet points go on for two or three pages. Um, and, and, and so I, I just am appalled that the state government is funding these things, you know, and even the health center theater in, um, in, uh, in Utah County and Salt Lake County is getting money from the state. They don't need the money from the state there. They have more than enough money coming in from ticket sales that they could, they could go just, uh, and, and, and build or refurbish whatever they do with that money. I, I just, before I go on to the main point about the United Nations Conference, Sam, what's your take on all of this money being given to private organizations and projects in the state of Utah? Well, let's just say it like this. I don't believe they have authority, and so I believe it's flat-out theft. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I know people, uh, you know, attack me on this point because I'm pretty hardcore. But look, you don't have the right to steal from me individually. Therefore, you don't have that right to delegate to government. What government does is uses dishonesty, uh, bait-and-switch tactics, immorality, deception uh, to con people into believing in this socialist utopia, that if we just get a government-funded swimming pool or a government-funded stadium or a government-funded whatever it be, that our lives are going to be so much better, and how dare you oppose the arts? I mean, don't you believe in education and the arts? And they always make me the fall guy like I'm the bad guy that just resists or hates everything. The truth is that just because they want these things, that doesn't mean the right they have the right to steal from me to get them. So thou shalt not steal comes to mind, and honesty is the issue, Lowell. Uh, the fact is, these things are great. And if some private philanthropist wants to donate them, by all means, have a good time. If somebody wants to turn it into a business, absolutely more power to you. But when the government does this, then what it means is that I can't fund my retirement or the things that I need uh, on my own prioritization, if you will. I am forced by a literal government gun to go to their dishonest socialist priorities. I don't know that I can say it any better than that, but that's how I feel. It's wrong and it needs to be stopped. Well, you rock, Sam, and uh, thank you for uh, giving voice to the principles of honesty, <laughs> integrity, the principles of the Constitution, the founding governing principles of our country. I so appreciate the opportunity to talk about them with you on a Liberty Roundtable. The Ten Commandments are where it's at, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, I just answered that question. I had no idea what Lowell was going to ask, ask me in advance, so that's on the fly. Give me time and see what we can put together, huh? We defend God, family, and country every day on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. On the Sabbath, we take a rest. How's that? All right, thanks for being alongside for the ride. Thank you, Lowell. Godspeed. We'll chat soon. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.